I can't think of a better day uh, of, of the 52 Sundays that we get to, to have in a year. I can't think of a better Sunday to start a series called Overcome than on Easter Sunday morning because Jesus overcame. He overcame the grave. He overcame death. And, and we are. We are starting a series today called Overcome today and for two more weeks, for the next three weeks. We're going to be talking about living a life free from the things that have uh, captured us, held us back, chained themselves to us. Maybe it's addiction, fear, sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger. There, there's all sorts of things that most of us in the room would say, I never planned to be that person, be in that place, live that life, but here I am. Maybe it's a public life, maybe it's a secret life, but here's all I know, Jason. I know that I am not free. I'm not living a free life. I'm not living an overcoming life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. I remember about three years ago, when, for the first time in my life, really, uh, really the only time in my life, I, I went into and kind of sunk into uh, depression. I'd never battled anything like that, never faced anything like that. I was the guy my whole life when people talked about depression would say, well, they just need to snap out of it. I was the guy who said, well, they're making it up. It's all in their head. I was the guy who would say, well, you know, I mean, whatever it is, I was that guy. And through just a series of events that happened in my own personal life, things that were happening at the church, without even realizing it, I just slid into a depression in my life that, that, uh, that crippled me. I mean, it didn't literally cripple me. I, I went through the motions. Most of the people who loved and cared about me didn't really know about a lot of what was going on, I mentioned a few things every now and then, but, but just feeling completely helpless to these feelings of depression. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. And here's what was so crazy about, about the whole thing. It lasted for a few months. And here's what was crazy about the, the whole thing is that while I was feeling depressed, defeated, not good enough, never going to make it, you know, all of those emotions... Do you know what bothered me more than anything? It wasn't that. It wasn't even being depressed. It wasn't, that's not what bothered me more than anything else. What bothered me more than anything else was knowing that I was feeling depressed, but feeling helpless to do anything about it. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But it was this weird kind of thing playing out where it was almost like I was two people. I was depressed Jason and then I was also able to step outside of myself, look at myself depressed, and be mad at me for being depressed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to feel this way. I, and so here, you know, Jason number two is on the outside talking to me, looking at me going, all the things I said before, snap out of it. Come on, you're better than that. Why do you think, you know? And so I didn't want to be depressed. I didn't want to be depressed. I could not figure out how to not be depressed. And more than any other, any other emotion, I was just mad at myself for not being able to fix what was wrong with me. It, it, made, it, 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 was, it was infuriating in my life. I felt hopeless. I felt helpless because I knew I didn't want to be that, but I could not be that. And I know that in the room today that there are so many of, of you who feel that way. It may not be about depression, it may be depression, but it may be those addictions in our lives that we can't shake. It may be uh, some sins, some secrets, some public things. It, it may be that anger, that bitterness, that, the, you know, the unforgiveness, that, 
that those things that we never intended for them to have power, it was just a short spell, it was just a short season, but all of a sudden, one day, we woke up and we were chained. We woke up and we were stuck. We woke up and we became that person that we never wanted to be, swore we wouldn't be. We became that person. And more than anything else in our lives, we just want freedom. Right? I mean, more than anything else, we just don't want to feel helpless and hopeless. We just don't want to feel like we're never going to be able to have freedom We're never going to be able to stop. We're never going to be able to feel better. We're never going to be able to lose that weight. We're never going to be able to forgive that person, whatever it is. And and we just, something happens and we begin to believe that we'll never find freedom. We'll never find freedom from the things that hold us back. Romans, uh, Romans 7, 13 through 15 really kind of describes it the best, better than maybe any of us could say it. I mean, if there's ever a verse in the Bible that applies to where we are, if there's ever a verse in the Bible where we go, yeah, that's it. This is it in Romans chapter 7, verse 13. Here's what it says. It says, sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. The trouble is with me, for I'm all too human, a slave to sin. And here's the the last little statement that is so true. I don't really understand myself. I want to do what's right. I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I mean, if there was ever a verse in the Bible where we could just hold that up as our kind of banner for our life, that would be it, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to live that life. I don't want to do those things. But somehow, even though I don't want to, somehow I find myself always doing that, being there, feeling that. And then those things that I really strive for, long for, want to be, that freedom I want to have, I don't ever do that. I can't ever seem to find myself in that place. The beginning of, of Romans 7, it says that, that uh, sin used what was good to bring about condemnation death so we can see how terrible sin really is. That, that's the way sin kind of traps us and gets us, isn't it? That it takes good things, even God's good things for our lives, and the enjoyment, pleasure, satisfaction that we find from it somehow ends up trapping us. Let me give you an example. Like, like God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And somehow the enemy in our lives takes be fruitful, multiply, and turns it into have as much sex as possible so that you can feel happy in life and, and, and you know, feel pleasure, whatever. And then the next thing we know, we're bound by uh, addictions and struggles to sexual, lustful things, right? Like that's, God created this really good thing like enjoying food. The devil takes that and makes it gluttony. And then we're trapped and addicted and bound by that. You understand what I'm saying? Romans 7 says, that, so what happens is that God created all these things, these great things for our lives, and sin takes them and twists them, and what was intended to be a God thing, a good thing for our lives, we end up taking and giving it power over us, and we find ourselves chained up. No offense if anybody in here has a 
long-standing career with Walmart, but, but it's kind of like going into Walmart. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Just next time you're in the parking lot of Walmart, just sit in your car and watch people who are going in. They walk in smiling. They walk in with such purpose, going to get in, going to get out, know what I'm wanting, going to get in. About 48 minutes later, they come walking out the door and they look like the life has been sucked out of them. You know what I'm talking about? All of us know what that's like. It's like, I'm going into Walmart and then like, it's no offense to Walmart. I'm making a joke, obviously, but life kind of happens, doesn't it? Like we know what we want. We have our purpose and, 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 and something happens and we lose our joy. We lose our freedom. We lose our purpose. So what do we do? How, how do we overcome? How do we find freedom? How do we unlock the chains that are on our lives that are holding us back? If the Bible really says that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in us, how can I overcome what's holding me back the way Jesus overcame the grave that was holding him back? Well, I want to give you a few thoughts today. I want to first just tell you that I'm not a doctor, and I know that there are a lot of deep-rooted issues that go beyond the little things I'm going to say today. And there may be some cynicism in your heart, like, oh, well, that's cute, Jason. Yeah, I got bigger issues than that. I get it. What I want to try to do today is just give you some foundational pieces. We got three, two more weeks after this. I want to kind of give you where it all starts, I believe, for us. If you have a piece of paper, worship guy, when you came in, there was a piece of paper in there. If you want to pull that out, some notes for you that you can take some, take some notes and, and maybe take them home, keep them with you. But for the few moments I have left today, I want to just give you three Three statements, three ideas that I believe help us find freedom in our lives, that help us overcome, living an overcoming life, a truly free life. Revelation chapter 12 is an interesting chapter in the Bible because it's it's a chapter of a guy who's seeing a vision that God's giving him about the future, and in the future, the devil is being defeated. So you may have heard this before. It's kind of a cliche. Sometimes we say in church, we say, you know, we've read the end of the book and we win. Maybe you've heard that before, or we know the end of the story and we win. Well, this, they're referencing Revelation chapter 12. In this vision, this guy's seeing what's going to happen in the future, and the devil is defeated, which is incredible news, right? The devil's defeated. And, and in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, this guy who is seeing this vision, who's seeing what's happening, writes this down, verse 11, chapter 12. It says, and they have defeated him, talking about the enemy, the devil, Satan, They have defeated him, we could say overcame, and they overcame him in some translations. And here's how they did it. It gives us the the map, it gives us the manual for how they overcame the enemy. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. They overcame him, it says, by the blood of the lamb, by their testimony, and then they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Blood of the lamb, testimony, and passion. I just want to talk about those three statements for a few moments today before we wrap up this service. The first thing the Bible says that they did to overcome the enemy is they they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Here's how we're going to say that this morning, if you want to write this down and and number one is they accepted Jesus in the cross or accept Jesus in the cross. If we're trying to find victory from our lives, overcoming our lives. We've got to accept Jesus in the cross. And I don't just mean we got to pray a prayer that says, I accept you, Jesus, even though that's incredible, and we're going to give you a chance to do that in a little bit. 
I mean we have to accept it like we have to believe it, buy into it, and understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he gave us the ability to be free from the traps and the slavery and the bondage of sin. That when Jesus was dying on the cross, before he breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. And he was saying, literally, it's finished, like I'm about to die. But he was also saying, it's finished. I'm dying, but sin is now, it's finished. Like sin has lost its grip on your life if you want it to. I don't have time to get into all the details, but in the Old Testament, the way that people would pay for their sins is they would find an animal that was pure or spotless, and they would sacrifice it. They would kill it. And that's sad, but that's just how they did it. It's what God said they wanted to do, so that's what they did. They would kill this animal, sacrifice this animal, and it was a pure, spotless lamb is what they would use. And so God, in John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. God sends Jesus into the world, gives us Jesus. He lives a life without sin. He is a pure person, spotless, sinless person. They called him the Lamb of God. That's why they called him that, just so you know, in case you're ever playing Bible Jeopardy. That's why they called him that, all right? And, And the Lamb of God, the pure, spotless Lamb of God goes to the cross And he dies, even though he didn't have to, for you and for me. And the Bible says that by his stripes we're healed, that his blood covers our sin. These are very graphic things that the Bible says to us, but here's what it's saying. It's saying that if you want freedom, if you want to live an overcoming life, you have got to accept Jesus and the cross. You're not going to be able to just grip your fist and bite your lip and have discipline and just say, you know what, I'm going to be a better person. You may become a better person than you are today, but the true power that exists out there to allow you to live a life no longer bound and tied up and chained up happens when you accept Jesus in the cross. Because something incredible happens when you accept Jesus in the cross. So you can't accept Jesus in the cross without admitting that you need Jesus in the cross. Because if you were good, you wouldn't need the cross. But none of us are good. Only Jesus was good, the Bible says. And so when we say, okay, God, I accept Jesus and the cross, what we're saying is, I am not good. I have no ability on my own. I have no way on my own for me to salvage or fix or put anything together out here. There's nothing I could do to be good enough to know you, God. In other words, what we're saying is, I'm a mess. And I'm out of luck. Except Jesus made a way. And I accept that. I accept the cross. And maybe you're here today and you would say, Jason, that's great. That sounds awesome for you, for somebody else, but not me. Because you don't know my story. You don't know what I, where I've been, what I've done. You don't know what's happening in my life. And I would say you're probably right. I don't know what's happening in your life. But here's what I know about sin and life. It's not that creative. We all kind of have the same story in one sense or another. The names are just changed. The Bible says that his game plan is the same for all of us. He wants to still kill and destroy from us. And I'd be willing to bet at some point in your life something grabbed a hold of you and it messed you up. And the worst part about all of it is not what's happened to you or what you've done. The worst part of all of it is that you're able to look at yourself where you are now and you're mad at yourself because you can't seem to fix it. You don't want to be that person, but you can't stop being that person. You don't want to do those things, but you can't stop doing those things. And God said, I knew that's what would happen. I knew you would be that person. That's why I gave you Jesus. 
The cross was not for good people. The cross was for you and me. Jesus did not come so that we were B students, but he made us A students. We flunked out. We failed. And that messes some of you A students up. But me, I'm grateful for that because my GPA wasn't very high. And Jesus gave us the cross. Jesus even said it before he went to the cross. He was hanging out with some shady people, and, uh, and, and the, the religious leaders were a little bit upset. Like, why is he hanging out with that? It, the equivalent would be like, you know, really spiritual people. Jesus is here, and he's hanging out down there at the speedway on the corner. And we're like, why is Jesus hanging out at the speedway? Y'all know I'm talking about the speedway. You lock your doors at the speedway. I know you do. And so Jesus is down there saying, why is he hanging out down there at the speedway? Look what Jesus said. In Matthew 9, 11, and 12, he says, when Jesus heard this, that they were grumbling because they said, why are you eating with scum? He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Jesus told another story about two guys who went into the church, the temple to pray. And one guy says, looks up to God, and he says, God, I'm so glad I'm not like those other people. I'm so glad that I cleaned up and smell good and look good and tithe and aren't addicted to anything and, and got a family and a house and not behind on my bills. I'm so glad I'm not like those people. And Jesus telling this story, he says, this other guy, he, he, he just beat his chest and said, God, I, I'm a mess. I don't deserve you. To, I mean, I don't deserve anything from you. And Jesus talking to this crowd of people who thought they were pretty good. Jesus said, who you think, who, whose prayer do you think I heard that day? The guy who said he didn't have it together. Because Jesus gave us the cross because we're a mess. Because we're a mess. And just like Andrea so beautifully laid it out for us, he loves you no matter what, right where you are, it doesn't matter. And some of you in this room maybe have been trying to clean yourself up and get it all together and so that you could present to Jesus something that's not so awful looking. That's why he gave us the cross. We're all a mess. Some of us have just figured out how to act better than others. We're all a mess. Okay? We're all a mess. So we got to accept Jesus and the cross and if you're here today, we're going to give you a chance in just a few moments. I believe already, maybe in your heart and in your, life, in your mind, and right now you're thinking, yeah, that's me. I need to accept Jesus in the cross because I've been trying to do it on my own, and I stink at doing it on my own. You're going to get that chance. But the la- let me just give you these last two. I don't have a ton of time. I'll give you these last two. This, it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and they overcame by their testimony. Which, by the way, Cody, I can't see the clock, so if I'm going over my time, I don't know, but... We got a bunch more people showing up at 11.45. I'm trying not to go too long, but it says they came by their testimony. Let me, let me say it this way. Number two, you can fill in the blank. Uh, you got to share your story. You got to share your story. I've seen it happen in my own life. I've seen it happen in my friends' lives, all those around me. You got to share your story. When you start talking about what's really happening in here and, and, and you begin to verbalize that and talk about that, sin begins to lose its power over your life. Chains begin to to fall off of your life because you find freedom in sharing your testimony, in in sharing your your story. 1 John 1, 7 and 8 says, but if we're living in the light, God is the light, live in the light. Let's take those things that were dark and let's bring them out into the light. Let's take those things that we're we're afraid to, 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 to talk about, let's bring them out into the light. And then, then we have real fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, we just talked about it. His son cleanses us from all sin. And I love verse 8. If we claim we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves. 
not living in the truth. So I want to encourage you today to talk to somebody about what's going on, your struggles and your victories, your happiness and your sadness. Talk about it. Share your story. Because here's what, I've, here, here, here's what I believe with all my heart, and I've witnessed it, experienced it, lived it. The enemy loves to keep us isolated and to play mind games with us and to make us think that we're the only ones feeling what we're feeling, thinking what we're thinking, doing what we're doing. Sin is almost always a private thing. You know what I'm talking about? And when we begin to share our story, share our testimony, where we've came from, but not just where we came from, all the bad stuff that's now probably been cleaned up, but where we are now, what we're facing now, the victories and the struggles. Sin loses power. Addiction loses power. Bondage loses power. Victory comes from us sharing and talking. The Bible says something interesting. It says that when we um, confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive, the Bible says, okay? But it says that when you confess your sins to one another, you're made whole. So, it's, so we confess our sins to Jesus and he forgives us, but the Bible also says that when we confess our sins to one another, we're made whole, that there's another piece of the pie that comes in. So we accept Jesus in the cross, we share our story, and then Number three, it says that they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Here's how we're going to say that this morning. Number three, live for something bigger than yourself. Live for something bigger than yourselves. Or we could say this, they overcame by their passion. I read an incredible book this last year called Die Empty. It's a business book by a guy named Todd Henry. But in there, he talks about the word passion. The word passion has, has its roots in the Latin word patty, P-A-T-I, patty. And, and that uh, word means to suffer or endure. So passion is not so much like we say it nowadays where we say like, oh, well, um, you know, find something that excites you and that's your passion. The really passion is about, the best way to talk about passion is what are you willing to suffer for? What are you willing to endure? That's why we call what Jesus did on this weekend the passion play. That's why the movie was called The Passion. Because passion is really about what you're willing to suffer or endure for. And what we find in Revelation chapter 12 is it said that they were not, they, they didn't count their lives as something that they couldn't lose. And so if we want to overcome the enemy, we got to accept Jesus in the cross. We got to share our story. We've got to be willing and decide we're going to live for something bigger than ourselves. We're going to live for something more than more money at our job, more than a bigger house, more than cars. We're not, we're not just living for entertainment. We're not just living for pleasure. We're going to live our lives for something that matters and commit to something bigger than us. And we're going to decide to invest our lives in something that we're willing to die for, something that we're willing to suffer for, something that we're willing to endure. I've found in my own life and I, in the lives of the people around me that as long as I'm living for me and I'm focused on me and where I fall short and what I'm doing wrong, I find myself chained up. But the moment I begin to raise my eyes off of me and onto a cause or something greater than me, sin begins to lose its power on my life. A practical example of this would just be when people tell me that they're struggling with addiction or something like that and especially on the weekends. They just can't seem to keep it together on the weekends. And I always say to them, go serve at a homeless shelter. And what's amazing is while you're serving those people, you will not be thinking about your addiction. 
You will not be thinking about your struggle. And I'm just giving one small example, but that just shows because in that moment, you feel like you're serving in some capacity bigger than yourself, making a difference in something bigger than yourself instead of going, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. You understand what I'm saying? Now you're focused on something bigger than yourself. And so Revelation 12 says, listen, you want to overcome the enemy? Don't just try to be a more disciplined person. If you want to overcome the enemy, you've got to accept Jesus in the cross. You've got to share your story, and you've got to commit your life to something bigger than yourself, greater than yourself. And can we just be honest for a second? I'm going to close this up, but can we just be honest for a second? We've all committed our lives to us for a season, and can we just admit that it ended up being miserable? That for most of us in the room, at some point, we got what we wanted and ended up sick of it, miserable. Andrew and I used to play this game when we were newlyweds at the age of 20. We'd play this game where we'd say, listen, like when we finally made it, like when we're making like a bunch of money, like what's that one purchase you want to like have? And we had our purchases at like 27 because we thought a lot of money was like $42,000. And so like whatever it is that we wanted, like we arrived at 27, like, oh yeah, you know, you don't understand my point. My point is this, is that we got the stuff we thought would make us happy. And here's what we've realized. Really the things that make us happy are when we commit ourselves to causes bigger than us and things that matter more than us. Sir, you're here today and you've, you have committed your life to making sure you accomplish all your goals attain all of your career success and buy all the toys you want. And guess what? You have almost completed it, if not completed it. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? Are you fulfilled? Is it working? If it is, keep doing it. Honestly, I don't mean that sarcastically. You may be in a season where life is awesome right now. That's awesome. It's great. I celebrate that. But here's what I believe. I believe that for so many of us in the room today, we want to be free. We want to live that life that Jesus said we could live when he said, I came to give you life and I came to give you life to the fullest. But we can't live that life because we're chained and bound to things and to a person really we never wanted to be. If we'll accept Jesus in the cross, we'll stop hiding everything and begin to share everything. And we'll commit our lives to something bigger than ourselves that we will begin to find freedom and the chains that are wrapping us up will begin to fall off of our lives. I'm excited to share the next two weeks. I hope you can come back and be a part of this. If you're struggling with something, facing something, I hope you can come back and be with us. I just want you to know today that God loves you. You're loved by God. We're gonna sing a song in just a second that just reiterates that because that's what we're all about here. No matter where you are, what you're facing, how you came into here today, God loves you no matter what because you're his. Can we pray?